start with something and then we're going to pray? Or? Uh, yeah, I'll start with, uh, hello everybody. <laughs> How about that? Um, great to have you in, in class. People must be getting prepared for uh, in a couple of weeks when we switch, or either thought maybe we switched already. So, um, as well. yeah. So, uh, we just want to thank you guys. Uh, uh, say a big thank you. Um, and we know that change is difficult and hard. We've kind of been talking about that. We really want to thank you guys for your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you guys have been faithful with us through the years, and um, you know, it's a season of change on many levels um, that we've talked about. So, uh, we're going to open up with prayer and then we're going to jump into this two-week series that my wife has, that God has downloaded to my wife, and, uh, but it's awesome teaching. So, so Father, we just thank you um, for this day, uh, Lord, and we thank you that, um, God, we thank you that you are not dependent on us to believe in you for you to exist, because God, the truth is, whether people believe in you or not, you exist, and you say that you have given enough evidence in the world and in the universe to prove that. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the God that you are. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We also thank you for your justice. And we thank you because scripture says that you are love. You are the essence of love. You are everything that love is. And so we thank you, Lord, because we know that deep down, that's the thing that our heart craves the most is to be loved and to be in relationship with love. And so we thank you, Father. Um, we just pray for this, uh, this teaching, Lord. We just pray that as we go into this new season, Lord, this new season of change, and we know that, Lord, change is not always comfortable. Uh, many times it isn't comfortable, and it stretches us, and it, and it causes us to think and reevaluate, God. But we thank you because you say in your word, you will never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, that's the anchor that we use as we go through change. Because even though things may change around us, you are unchanging God. Paul says that you are the God that does not change like shifting shadows. And the word also says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we thank you for that, God. Because you are the anchor for our life. You are the anchor for our souls. You are the anchor for our spirit. You are the anchor for purpose. You are the anchor for direction. You are the anchor of all things. And so we thank you because you are, Father, like that old hymn we used to sing, a firm foundation. And so we thank you, God, that we're anchored to that today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Um, I, I had to smile while we were praying because I remember um, Jean when they started talking about the change that was coming. One of the references that she made that would impact this class is not hearing the little feet. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of those times that I have to, I have to appreciate. I have to stop and appreciate because yes, most of the time I've sat here a little irritated because of the, you know, but when I finally, it took me years, when I finally realized what that was, I started smiling. And this is one of the last times I get to hear this, right? Mm-hmm. Is the little, the little ones kind of, you know, around uh, Sunday school and all of that um, and their little feet above us making the thunderous noise. 
Yes, you're right. There is a class that's going to be here, and they're going to assume that we gladly gave up our space as they deal with this. But you know what? They'll be blessed by those little ones coming to know Christ. Um, so I um, don't want to give you the title of the, the class quite yet, but um, I'm going to um, go through my notes. A lot of the reason why I'm going to go using my notes is because I realize that I, there's just so much on this topic that it's been really hard for me to narrow down a focus that we want to relate to you. I mean, I've literally struggled with this subject for four years in terms of how to bring it to this class. Um, and that just came to me this morning that the reason why it's been so tough is because it's like a mile wide and 2,000 miles deep and <laughs> you can only do so much. So we're talking about relationships, right? That's almost always what we talk about in this class. Relationships with others, um, people in our family, employers, etc. generally begin with communication. And we've done a lot of different specific team teaching on communication in this class. Um, you know, most of the time we say communication um, is really the words we use. Um, but if we accept the premise that relationships with others begins with communication, we believe this particular point to be true when we're talking about our relationship with God. We have been made in his image and in his likeness. And so our class is really, if you would give it a topic, um, is relationship with God starts with communication with God. Um, I just want to ask you guys a question because we're going to communicate. We're going to share back and forth with each other. Okay, it's not just going to be us standing here talking. In the Christian faith, what are the ways we've been taught to enter into relationship with God? Anybody? Prayer. A prayer, okay. Bible reading. Bible reading, okay. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Okay, okay. Say again. Obedience. Obedience. Okay. So, say again. Surrender. Surrender. Okay. okay. So surrender, prayer, obedience, reading the Bible, obedience. Um, those sound to me like things that we do or are taught to do to maintain the relationship. Prayer, obedience, surrender, reading the Bible, although maybe surrender might be. But to enter the relationship, what's, what's, what's the first thing that generally the evangelical? Oh, you got to say the sinner's prayer. Okay. Repentance. Repentance. All right. Recognize who God is. Okay. okay. And in that, that includes surrender, right? Saying the sinner's prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Were you saying something else, Linda? No. Originally? Okay. Great. Um, so yes, after you know we pray the prayer of salvation, um, we read the Bible, you know, and told to go to church and start believing. Um, so, in what ways have we been taught to communicate with God? That's what we just said earlier, right? Yeah, through prayer, Bible reading. Yeah. Worship. Okay. What depends on which faith you belong to. Okay, keep going. 
Because you have the, it depends on which faith you belong to. Oh. That's what she was saying. Because you have some people in the Catholics still believe that they have to go through the priest to communicate with God. Okay. Mm. Okay. <coughs> okay. All right. Say also like what she was saying, communion. Communion. Okay. Okay. Great. Prayer, reading the Bible, and worship. Okay. Baptism. Baptism, okay. That's a communication with God, right? What direction is that communication? Reading the Bible. Generally speaking, what communication, what direction is that communication of reading the Bible? Oh, it's still us to him. Okay. Okay. How about baptism? Is that him to us, us to him? Depends on how you're taught. It depends on how you're taught. It should be him to us, but oftentimes it's us. Does that make sense? Okay, just like just like Ellen pointed out, the example of us going to someone else, going to a priest to be the intermediary, right? It's us directing our conversation, our communication, right to him. That's generally what we're taught, right? It's us to him, right? Prayer. But Bible, when you read the Bible, to me, it's more him to us. Okay. Okay. So Bible reading is is him to us. That's what I say more. Okay. It's, I, That's good. I, I agree and I disagree only because, I mean, I'm thinking especially earlier in my walk, um, I had to read the Bible, but I read it from our understanding, not mm-hmm. from God's heart to me. It was, it was, I, I um, that's good. That's exactly depends on how you're taught. That that's exactly where we're going. Is that most of the time when we enter the relationship, when we're just talking, just typical evangelical belief or even Catholic belief, right? It, most of the way that we're taught is, you know, read the Bible. That's your communication with God. But the lenses that I have on when I'm reading the Bible is generally going to be my framework. It's not, and it's not necessarily going to be different because I'm a new, relatively new or young Christian. I don't know anything other than what I've known. So, and I think that's a good point because mm-hmm. I've, I know, <clears throat> excuse me, and have known of people that can know the Bible so well that they can mm-hmm. recite to you mm-hmm. a book word for word. Mm-hmm. But when I look at their life, uh-huh. right, their life is not reflective of what they've read, uh-huh. right? Sure. So it, it is important, and it is it is um, God's word to us to direct us, right? But this leads into yes, go for it. But this leads into this other to the next question uh-huh. that we're going to ask you, and is what are the key elements? of communication. What are the key elements of communication? Listening with the intent to understand. Okay. Can you say that? And not reply. She said listening with the intent to understand and not reply. Okay. Any other elements of communication? I would say to listen completely. Listen to the whole not just listen to this word, but looking for the context, looking for the, um, okay. you know, yeah. 
you heard the no, you heard mm -hmm. it accurately. Mm -hmm. The other person didn't explain, so you fill in all the other stuff so to listen to completely. Okay. Any other? To, to understand. To okay. understand. Okay. okay. Respect. Yeah. Okay. Any other elements of communication? Well, I think of it as when I think of communication, I think of two way. Okay. Okay. You just ahead of the class. Okay. <laughs> Go to the head of the class. Wasn't there a game like that? Yeah, there you know, is. The, <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? That's good. I think your heart has to be in the right place prior to having to be communicating with someone mm -hmm. on a specific matter. Okay. Like I had something I had to discuss with an employee, and at that mm -hmm. moment, I wasn't in a good place. But I, it was time to talk to her. But mm -hmm. I said, well, Lord, it's not a good time. Please don't let me open my mouth. And I knew it wasn't. And everything got in my way that day where I couldn't talk to her anyway, you know. So we wind up talking two, three days later. When I was in a better position, my mind was more clear, and I wasn't, you know, upset about some things. So. Okay. That's good. Anybody else? That's good. But when I communicate with God, I ask the Holy Spirit to come to full fullness in me mm -hmm. to make a way for God to speak to me. You're going to the other class. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think vulnerability is a big part of communication. Um, even if you're, I mean, there's, there's different levels of mm -hmm. communication, mm -hmm. you know, just facts and ideas versus, you know, heart and mm -hmm. such. Um, but even with the facts and ideas, you still need to be vulnerable mm -hmm. um, to be corrected, mm -hmm. you know, um, that type of, and also to um, have your heart be in the right way, because even if we're 100% right, mm -hmm. the way we present mm -hmm. with that mm -hmm. communication can also be um, more effective or not, or less mm -hmm. effective. Mm -hmm. Okay. All those are right and good and true. What we want to give you is we want to give you three really basic um, example, not example, but three basic parts to any communication. One is speaking. Two is listening. Three is content. So if you think about communication on any level, whether you're communicating with God, with each other, right? In order for communication to happen, those three elements have to be there, right? There's a speaking, there's a listening, and there's content, right? Because if I don't have content to speak, there's nothing to say. So Leona and I can be here. If I don't have anything to say, we're just sitting here looking at each other. Right? There's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be some content. Right? So the reason I'm saying this is, first of all, God gave you the Bible. Bible is content. Right? I think we can all agree on that. Right? We got. We got to talk about something. So even if it's me and God standing here and. You know, we're both standing there. Nobody's saying anything, right? There's got to be some content. Something has to be communicated or said, right? There's a speaking, right? And 
in the church, we've learned that prayer is a way of speaking, okay? It's not the only way, but it is a way, and it has been one of the main ways that we've been taught. There's also listening, right? Many times we're praying so much that we can't listen. Can I add to that? Another thing that we've been taught it, uh, about listening is you, you hear God by going to church and hearing what's being preached. Right. That's, that's right. generally what we're taught. Right. So one of the things that this has kind of done is um, in, in the faith community is it's kind of put us into a box in terms of how we can com communicate with God and how God can communicate with us, right? So God communicates in this way, and he doesn't, you know, this is the way he communicates, and if it doesn't come this way, then it's not God, right? But I challenge that by you reading your scripture and seeing, if you go from Genesis to Revelation, how many different ways God communicated with his people. Right? So why would the God that wrote the Bible have this many ways of communicating with people, but today now we go, now it's this way, right? Something doesn't fit. Okay. So let's give, let's give you a scripture and go a little bit further in this. So this is John 14, 26, and it is from the King James Version. And it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said. The comforter will teach you all things. Right? So if Jesus said that he's going to bring you the comforter, and the comforter is going to teach you. How is the comforter, how is the Holy Spirit going to do that? And I want you to focus on the word teach. So we have teachers in the room, right? When somebody teaches you something, remember I said that there were three basic elements to communication, right? There is a speaking there is a listening, and then there's content, right? So if Jesus says he's going to send you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to teach you all things, right? Aren't all three of those things have to be in effect, right? So we've said that uh, you needed content, right? So here's the Bible, and we've been taught, you sit down and you read the Bible, right? And you're reading and you come up against something and you go, wow, you know, I never saw that before. Okay. So when that happens, right? So you have content, you're reading content, right? And then the Holy Spirit is taking something and then illuminating that to you, right? Just like a teacher in a classroom. If a teacher's in a classroom, what's the normal elements? Well, the teacher's going to have something to teach you. You're normally going to have some kind of curriculum. You're normally going to have some kind of book, right? And then you're going to have some kind of practical application. Normally, we call that a test, 
right? So what we're saying is that if these are the elements of communication, right, then the Holy Spirit has to be communicating to you in a whole lot of different ways, right? Because, again, we read that Bible, right? And we look at, let's just take Matthew twenty-two thirty-six: love the Lord your neighbor, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, right? So you read that, Holy Spirit illuminates that to you, okay? Now, I can read that closed book and keep living my life. Or I can open it, read it, let the Holy Spirit talk to me and say, okay, well, a practical application to this is your neighbor across the street that's 86 years old that's barely struggling to take out the garbage every week. And every week you look across the street and you see that neighbor just barely struggling. The application of that scripture is the next time garbage day comes, walk across the street and take your neighbor's garbage and put it out. And from now on, every week, take your, your neighbor's garbage out, right? That's a practical application, right? But what's happening there is my ear is attuned to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because what's the difference between one person that reads that scripture, says, wow, that's really good, that's loving, a closed book, and there's never any practical application of that. The heart has not been changed. The mind has not been touched. The mind has not been renewed. Versus the other one that read the exact same scripture. Right? But they read it and now there's an understanding of, you know what? That means I need to go out and live this. What I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is the difference between the two is one's ear is attuned to the voice of God others is not. Yes. Well, going along with being attuned, when you first presented the three, I immediately thought attitude has a lot to do with whether you're attuned to what the Holy Spirit is saying and whether you're attuned to live it out. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I, I always feel what you're saying. would want to add So you would suggest speaking, listening, content, attitude, and expectation. Yeah, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. I, I would say mm-hmm. attitude and expectation are okay. in there. And, um, yeah, there was one other thing. I can't remember it. But anyway, what I, when I think of that, what I would add is, is the role modeling. You know, it's, um, you know, as a teacher, mm-hmm. There's a lot of times will, where I will externally go through my thought processes mm-hmm. as, as a model mm-hmm. for the students to understand how to, to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking at scripture, 
I'm looking for role models too, mm -hmm. not just the words, but how did how did the characters, um, not just Jesus, mm -hmm. but how did the other individuals that are highlighted in scripture, um, mm -hmm. Let that out. Yeah. And I like what you brought up because the other thing that I was gonna add to that was desire. Mm -hmm. Desire to me is the fire that fuels all of that, right? Because if I don't, if there's a desire that's not burning in me, if there's not a desire that wells up in me for the things of God, right, then it will become an exercise, right? So we get taught in church, okay, well, have your quiet time, read your Bible, pray, and when you pray, you know, start off with thanksgiving and then forgiveness and then so we'll go through this sort of, and it becomes, you know, we kind of look at our Catholic brothers and sisters and mock <laughs> them. But in the evangelical church, we also have our own rituals, mm -hmm. right? And so we go through this ritual and then we feel, oh, wow, you know, I'm so I'm like closer to God now because I've, I've gone through this, right? But the desire, right, is what takes us. This is why I love David in the Bible. Because David, David is such a perfect example of a human being that messes up, jacks up, all kind of stuff. But the one thing you have to say about David is his desire for the Lord. And the Lord says it about him, right? This is a man after my own heart, right? So he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, right? But the lineage of Christ comes through him, but it's because of his desire. And when you read what David has wrote about his yearning and his passion and how he just, you know, the Lord is everything, right? When we get to that place, right, communication now takes on a whole different level. Because now what we understand is God is communicating to me in a whole bunch of different ways, the problem is, I'm not listening, right? I'm not listening, because the issue is, when I begin to listen, right, and when I take the word and I understand that God, right, can speak in a whole bunch of different ways, I start hearing him in different areas, at different times, right? And we have to move on, but th there's, there's one thing that I think that we all really need to realize is, do we realize that we stand in the presence of God 24-7? You know, I know we have this nice evangelical thing that we go, and you know, I go to this, this church service, and the worship is awesome, and the prayer is awesome, and it's like, you know, God, like, was here. Well, you were just more in tuned to God at that point. But that same God is the same God, I don't want to get crude, the same God when you're in the, in the bathroom, right? When you're on the road, Highway 4, it's the same God, right? He hasn't really gotten any closer to you. You've just gotten more in tune to him, right? But we can live that. We don't have to wait to the 
really big, awesome worship service and all that kind of stuff. But we can learn, right, to live that 24-7 with the reality of knowing he's right here. He says he never leaves you or forsake you. So, you know, God's not like on the weekend, you know, hey, I'm going to the other side of the planet. We'll see you on Monday. You know, take it easy. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, God's gone, so I can do all that stuff I know I'm not supposed to do. Right. <laughs> right. He's, he's there, and it's that desire in our hearts to be there. I want him to be there. I want him to be there 24-7. I don't want him to. I want him to always be as close as he could possibly be all the time. Amen. Any reactions? Any comments? Any? Yes. Say that again. <laughs> Sometimes scripture doesn't jump out and touch yeah. you. You mean when you're reading Numbers and Leviticus? Two, you're not, you're, you know what? Sometimes when I'm reading Psalms and Acts. It doesn't it jump out and touch you. <laughs> wow. I love you guys. So real. I so appreciate you sharing yeah. that because yeah, awesome. um, it, it's real and it challenges all of us. I mean, I had to go to Bible college to hear something that I already knew because it was always in the word. Right. Isn't that what we do? We go all the way around the world and come. Oh, it was right there all along. So when I went to Bible college, I remember being challenged about, I mean, just because the director of the school is this like you know, kind of person direct. And the challenge was always, well, all these songs or teachings about come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. He's already with you. So even though I still, because I love worship, there's lots of songs 
that for me make me feel like he's like right here, just like just snuggled up. I'm snuggled up with him. So I still hear those songs and I don't want to turn them off because of the lyrics. They put me back to that mindset of buying the lie again, that he isn't right here with us. So what I usually will do now is I just change the lyrics or I sing, you know, you are here. I sing the affirmation, just as you said, you pray the truth. Because for me, I have to undo the lie. And I'm still like trying to get that thing undone all the way, unwrapped all the way around to the very bottom of my DNA, my Christian DNA, right? To loose it without saying to my brothers and sisters in Christ who still pray that way, who still think that way, who still engage with God that way, that they're wrong. Because it's not about them being wrong. I understand that what they're saying is what you've shared, Teddy, which is what I've experienced and still experience at times that it feels like, God, you are so far away, but it's me. I'm the one who maybe I've relocated the positioning of my heart. So thank you so much for bringing that up. You had your hand up. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's one of the things that the enemy is really good at is taking a kernel of truth and distorting it. <laughs> and that's why, you know, I, I struggle and, and I realize words of life and death, but I also realize that words like you shared and you shared can take us down certain paths. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't even, I, I struggle with the term Christ follower anymore because that implies that I can stop and he's not with me at some point when scripture says he's with me. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, Andy and Paulette, we talked about it when we were up there for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. Andy said, I'm just a with her at this point. I'm not a follower, I'm a with her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the only word we can come up with. But it's a word that more accurately reflects. It's not even a word, but it more accurately reflects what's going on. Yes. Yeah. So it's, can I ask I love what Teddy says, and, and I think that, that the other thing that you have to hear is that we are all in different places That's in right. our journey. Okay? That's right. There is no, you know, this or that, right or, 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 or wrong, and I know that, uh, uh, you know, Paul made some examples to Christians where he said, you know, you ought to be eating solid food, but you're still on milk. You know, and that had more to do with their own place, not so much the journey that they're on. And so what we're presenting to you is that that there's a lot there's a there's a lot more that God has. It's just, it's a matter of just us wanting to enter into that and that it's available to all of us. I had a scripture, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> my wife is cutting my time. Yeah. Yes. I just thought of something you, you were talking about applying the word and and how we all hear God's voice in different ways or the Holy Spirit teaching us and we can get so focused on reading the word and our you know I got to read this chapter I got to read my devotional and I got to pray and that we lose out on when we're supposed to really be applying and I had an incident the other morning I just read my devotional read the word I can't remember what the scripture was at that point that really stirred my heart but I started to pray and I couldn't 
I couldn't pray. I couldn't focus. And I wasn't sure why. And it was like all of a sudden it was revealed to me that my roommates that live with me now, she's been sick for two weeks. And she was coughing her head up and just starting to gag. It was so bad. Mm. And I couldn't focus on my prayer. And I, but yet I was like, I gotta finish praying. I didn't, I didn't list the names of my unsaved blood. You know, you get in your routine. You've said it before, Joe. Sometimes there's a routine and sometimes there's just listening to God. And what do you really want me to do? And, and I was listening and, and I couldn't focus at all. And it was just like plain as day. Would you get up and go offer her some cough syrup? Be quiet, Ron. And, I, and then I was like, and Lord, please. And I kept, I went back to Lord, you know, and tried to finish. And it was like, go get her some cough syrup. It's like, but I haven't finished my prayer. Yeah. Lord, tell me what you want me to do. Go get and her some cough syrup. So, the Lord, I'm still waiting for you to speak. That was the end of my prayers. I was done. I had to go help her. I knew that in my heart. But I'm just saying, that's just. That's great. That's that's, that's, that's perfect. I love you guys. <laughs> that's real. I, as you were saying what was coming up and your inability to pray, I was I was imagining Ron with a bullhorn saying, Yeah, go help that lady. <laughs> and he, I'm like, yes, Gina, and he's falling apart, right? It's like you have the means, go do it. I'm telling you. Okay. It's such a God thing, yeah. isn't it? It's 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 not only a God thing, it's also it's almost like what, what Linda was calling out that we have to be kind of ready, right? To change the focus of our hearts to the moment. And I wanted to add a reflection. This is not picking on any particular person who is not here or everyone who is not in this room right now. This is not about the individuals that we know, the statement I'm about to make. But look at how few of us are in this room, but how many seats are actually available in this room. This is probably a ratio or similar to what goes on in Christianity. We go by the roadmap usually that's given to us when we're first entering into relationship with Christ, right? And like Joe was saying, we mock our Catholic brothers and sisters. And then as evangelicals, we end up doing the same thing, only we do it in different ways at different times. And we lift ourselves up because we think we're better than Yet some of the contemplatives in the Catholic faith, and I'm not saying you should now all change and become Catholics, that's not my point, but people that sit and meditate with God are having deeper relationships with God than maybe some of us are that have, can, can go to him directly. We don't have to go through another person, right? It's just God is so multi dimensional in how he presents himself to us because he has made each and every single one of us unique yeah and then um, i think gene has something 
So, you know, I love Gina's example mm -hmm. because, you know what? We really make this thing with God harder than it should be. Uh -huh. <laughs> you realize that, right? So as mankind, we've, 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 we're so much like the Pharisees, mm -hmm. right? Uh -huh. So we're going to have these rules and these regulations and you're, you know, this is the way you get to God and this is the way that God sees you. When God is saying, go across the street and take your neighbor's garbage out, Right? Scripture says that the church he's given pastors and preachers and evangelists and teachers, right, for the building up of the body so that you can go out and do works of service. Going down the hall and giving your roommate some cough medicine is a work of service. Going across the street and taking your neighbor's garbage out is works of service, right? But when we begin to understand, oh, God, that's what you're saying, right? What happens though now, right? Now we get attuned, right? So now we're walking through life and we start saying stuff like, okay, God, I'm in tune with, I want to see where you want me to serve today. It could be just as much as a coworker is working by, walking by and you put that hand, your hand on a coworker and say, you know what? I know you got a hard project, but I'm standing with you and I believe. It could be just that simple, right? But if I'm in tune with God, right, I see that opportunity. If I'm not listening to God, if I'm not in tune with God, that coworker is there suffering, I walk right on by. Right? But what am I saying now? Now I'm on a different communication level, right? Now I'm on a different uh, atonement, attun uh, attunement mm -hmm. to God, right? And that's really what we're saying. But it can't be that simple. Uh, yeah. It can't be that simple because it doesn't get the press. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing. We built up uh, honoring God. He is all that great. And what I think we still fail to understand is, is that he still cares for every single hair on your head. Mm -hmm. And we, we fail to really understand how somebody that great can be interested in something so small. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's a little on the aside. Um, we know about the transition that's going to happen to the 12 o'clock service in a couple of weeks. Um, our heart as, as leaders, and I'm speaking for you guys because I know Go ahead. you're the same way. We know that that schedule is not going to work for everyone. We've never, ever, ever held people to, if you don't come to the class, mm -hmm. we're going to think differently mm -hmm. of you. Um, there was a time when we were, if you were not at every Wednesday night service, Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday service, mm -hmm. and such and such, then, then you weren't going to grow in your faith. You mm -hmm. really weren't in, okay, that attendance at whatever thing um, and I'm not going to speak for anyone here I don't know where your hearts are but as a leader in this class we give you permission mm -hmm. to not feel exactly anything guilt shame anything if the 12 o'clock class does not work, work out you. for you we we've been so impacted by your presence mm -hmm. and your friendship mm -hmm. and we would pray that it works out but if it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we think any less. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we think um, 
anything other than we will miss seeing you on a regular yes. basis. And our prayers, I believe, would be still make sure you say hello to us in the hall. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm yes. sorry. I just I've no. been meaning to say no. That. That's perfect. We give you permission. We give you permission mm-hmm. to yes. not come. Yes. Um, but yes. we also encourage you to tell other people so that the class isn't empty. Right. And you and you know what? I I'm at the point where even if the class is empty and it because because yeah. that's okay because that's God communicating yeah. exactly. with us. And so we have to be, we always have to be flexible. I think that's, that was the heart of what we wanted to get across to you guys. That God is always speaking. He uses multiple means to communicate. But we have to train our ears and the hearts, our, the ears of our hearts to understand, to lean in. When he is saying, this is your prayer. Your prayer today is, I'm talking to you to go down the hall and go give your roommate some cough medicine. We're, we're done with the formalities of the day. We're just going to flow now. And flowing is going to begin before you complete your list of what you usually or comfortably do with me. And I, I'm okay with that. You can do that tomorrow. and Maybe not, right? I'm in an online group, um, and, and actually, let me give you guys this scripture for your notes, John 15, verses 26 to 27, because it talks about the spirit of truth that, that will tell you what Jesus is saying, right? Um, and then he releases us, just as Jean just did, in that same passage for us to declare truth as well, right? But I'm in an online group, um, that uh, one of the participants has an adult son who has become disabled with ALS. Um, Both his parents, by this time in his, the stage of his disease, are supporting him physically and encouraging him emotionally. Tim has lost the capacity to walk, to go to the bathroom, to feed himself. But one of the biggest challenges, as Tim sees it, is difficulty articulating his speech. This is a quote. It's difficult for me to speak, but in its own little way, it's also a blessing because it makes every word I say not more, perp- not more important, just more purposeful. I've seen how his father, John, responds with lightning speed whenever Tim calls for him. He doesn't wait or hesitate. He hangs up on our call or he has us hold <coughs> while he attends to his son. But this is a son that though he raised him, he has had to relearn how to attune to Tim because of the impact ALS has had on Tim's ability to communicate. God will not allow us, even though we're more comfortable knowing what tomorrow is going to be like, right? We all check the weather app and then we Blame the weatherman if the weather doesn't go by what we understood on the app, right? Or on the news. God is not interested in staying in our boxes. And he wants to challenge us to keep moving forward. He says in his word in Proverbs 25 too, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. You are all kings. You are a royal priesthood. You are a kingdom of priests. So God likes to hide things for us. 
to uncover, to appreciate, to enjoy. He tells us these things, not only in the word, but in our day-to-day lives, because he wants us to practice attuning. And we have to practice it. It doesn't come naturally. It has to be cultivated. Just as a baby learns, right, to recognize mom and dad's voice, they're crying, mom or dad are across the room in the moment they hear, baby, I'm coming, right? The cry changes because they can, they know that that's mom and dad's voice, right? God does the same with us. He wants to hear our voice, but he also wants us to hear his voice. I had a whole big paragraph that I was going to read to you guys, but it's not necessary because you guys have walked it out. You've shared it. You've expressed it, that God can speak in a variety of ways. It could be in a gentle rain, you know, gentle whisper. I always say rainbow because I saw one today and that's like my thing. (laughs) He's like, oh, he loves me when I see a rainbow, right? Gentle whisper. It could be, it could be from a, a, a secular song. It could be an actor on TV that is somehow riding on the wings of what God is trying to communicate to us. It could be in that colleague that walks right by us um, and then puts their hand on our shoulder, right? They don't know what's going on with us, but they feel led to put their hand on our shoulder as Joe just expressed. God can speak to us in so many different ways, but are we attuned to him? Um, so we want to leave you with this and this is um, 2 Timothy 2.20 and it says in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also wood and clay some are for special purposes and some are for common use those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy useful for the master and prepared to do any good work The reason why I like this scripture is that really what God is saying to us is it goes back to this desire, right? If we have a desire to really hear God, he's not going to withhold it from you. He has a desire to communicate with you. What God really wants to know is, do you want to hear what I have to say? And so the scripture, what I love about it, again, is just this idea that God is saying, you know what? There's some, there's some places for common use and there's some places for special purposes. It's really up to you. It's really up to you. If you want to walk deeper in the things of God, there are some things you have to do like Leona is saying, and that we'll actually do some practical application next week. Or not. You know, it's, it's not, oh, well, you're bad because, you know. But he's saying, hey, you know what? I am a multifaceted God. There are, there are broader places. There are wider places. There are deeper places that you can go. What's in your heart? What's your desire? You know, if you only desire this much, then that's what you have. If you desire this much, then you can have that also. It's interesting, we see people and we go, wow, you know, they've got a great, they've got such a great prayer life and they just blah, 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 and then this and that. You know, the only difference is they had a, they had a deeper desire. 
right? They did these things, right? God says, if you cleanse yourself, if you want to first have the desire to be one that's gold and silver, right? And you have that desire, okay, well, do these things, right? Do these things and you can have that. You know, you don't have to wait for some like big revelation from me that I'm giving this to you. This is, this is available to you if this is what you want. And so we're just bringing that to say that um, that's available to you. And you, you decide. You make a difference. You make the decision. You go before the Lord and tell him the desires of your heart. Because he says, right, I'll give you the desires of your heart, right, if, you're, if you are focused on me. So, all right. Linda, had something Linda were you going to say something? Well, but it would take too long, so maybe next week. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. So, Father, we just thank you, um, and we thank you that you are a God of relationship, and we realize that relationship <clears throat> means communication, and we realize, God, that you're a God that wants to communicate with us. So, Father, we just pray that, Lord, as we go on this journey, that, Lord, that first a desire wells up in, our, in ourselves to want to have deeper communication with you. And then, Father, we're asking to help us, Lord, to walk this journey with you and help us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be. Uh, we just love the examples of the practical examples that you gave us of how you want us to move in the world. Uh, Lord, it's not complicated, but, Lord, you want us to be attuned to your spirit attuned to how you're speaking, Lord, so that we can love others as you want us to, to love because you first loved us. And so we thank you, Lord. Uh, we just pray that you would seal this word in everybody's heart. And then, Lord, that, um, that next week we would move on, Lord, to those practical applications of really trying to hear what you're saying to us. So we ask that you would bless this week and, Lord, bless everyone here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week.